Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In case you're wondering, Todd Bowles said on Monday he does not anticipate any lineup changes for Thursday night's game at Buffalo. So there you have it. (laughs) In case you guys thought that there was a personnel decision or problem, it is not. So they're going to go with the same 22 Allegedly. Now, that's if they're healthy. And here's the thing about these uh, Thursday night games, because nobody practices, really, especially on Monday. You don't even have a walkthrough because guys are getting treatment. So you start meeting and you start talking about game plans and things like that. Um, but But the NFL makes teams put out what is an anticipated injury report. In other words, had you practiced... Which guys would have participated and which guys would not have participated? Now, you didn't practice, but had you practiced. It really is a gambling world so like dependent on this sort of information that they have to have fantasy injuries or phantom injury reports. Like, this is, you know. This is a, everybody's best guess. Well, they need it because, you know, they have, like, injury reports like B. John Robinson not playing in a game. Well, yeah, and Atlanta could could face some kind of sanctions for that because that was a weird one. But, like, yeah. So, you know, what what's the big deal? So, B. John Robinson didn't feel good that day. Okay, people wake up, don't feel good all the time. What, oh, no, when did you know he wasn't feeling good and why wasn't he on it? And it's like, so this has to be fantasy we're talking about, right? The major dollars that are bet on fantasy every week. And everybody's like, yo, I wouldn't have started, my man. But that became a big story. So here are the players. Had the Bucks practiced, would not have participated, which is the how much would would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck chuck, could chuck wood. So the big names, and this one got my attention, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield? What? Yeah, what? He has a knee. He's got a knee. Did not participate. Um, Didn't participate in and what? And by the way, I, I heard that Kyle Trask <laughs> was really good in the... Uh, non-participation? Non-participation uh, practice. Um, another one, uh, Vita Vea, who had been out, you know, limited last week with something. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't this. Um, Vita Vea has a groin. A groin. I go back to hamstring, as Lovey Smith would say. So here's a groin. So he would not have participated had they had participated anyone in practice. Uh, Chris Godwin, in Chris Godwin we trust, did not participate had they participated with a neck injury. So, you know, he saved his neck. And then um, the other one was Matt Filer, the guard, of course, uh, free agent guard, did not participate knee injury. So that might be something to look look closely at when they don't have practice again today. <laughs> um, they'll have a walkthrough. Like, there'll be more of an actual, like, but, I mean, seriously, how injured do you have to be if you can't do a walkthrough? I mean, you must be really injured, I guess. But they kind of have to do the same thing. Like, if, if you had had practice, who would have been able to go full? 
who would have been limited, all that stuff. But Baker Mayfield, eh, something to watch. You never know. My man Kyle Trask, man. People could he, are could he already take the reins and, and never give it back up? Uh, well, hey, Brock Purdy got in there somehow, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh I, I don't I didn't sense just looking at Baker after the game, and that's not a great barometer always, but I really didn't sense that he, he didn't seem in any discomfort per se, but that's easy for me. It's not my knee. Um but on a short week, these are the things you kind of you want to you know you kind of want to watch because if they go out there on Thursday night and they, they haven't had the recovery time, and they take a hit or they make a move or something, then you could see a player you know come up kimpy a little a little quicker. Um, these these Thursday night games are tough, but actually, and it's a dirty little secret no one really talks about. It. Like everybody's like, oh Thursday night it's awful. You make these, you know, players actually they don't dislike it from this. They don't. They don't like it from the standpoint that their bodies aren't really all the way back yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what they don't what they like about it is you get a week with no practice. You basically right? get like, two weeks with no practice, really. Yeah, because then you then you got the back end, right? Is, so is, you got yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then Tuesday's your usual day off, and you don't come back till next Wednesday. So it's a mini buy, if you will, but if you can just get you know, get through the game. Mm-hmm get to the game and get through the game, then you've, you've got yourself a nice little break. Now, it's always better uh, when those games are at home, not the road. Yes, that's that's a good stipulation because to have to get on a plane when you're sore, when you're not healthy, um, you get less practice time, or at least you practice and get on a plane and travel. That's just an extra sort of, oh, crap. You know, it's like nobody likes, especially 300-pound guys don't like to ride on airplanes. So that's that's part of it, too. Um but you know, I mean, look, I I don't. It's not like like last week. All we heard was the players took tremendous ownership and basically ran practice. Like they were really accountable. They were really into it. And then they get in the game and they really didn't know the snap count. <laughs> so they had all these they had nine penalties and a bunch of them pre-snap stuff. And you know, you just you can't do that. I mean, and that that always. I learned this a long time ago and just covering the teams. Like I asked a coach one time, I don't know which one there's been too many anyway. Um, like, can you, can you tell right be, the way a team practices before the game, whether, Oh yeah, we're on it. Like we are, we, we've had a great week. We are going to go out there and we're going to, if we're going to play just like we practice. And the coach was honest. He said, I've had game, I've had games where during the week we couldn't catch a ball we couldn't stay on sides. We were awful. And I thought, we're going to get destroyed. And we went out there and beat the crap out of somebody. And then he goes, then I've had games where I was like, man, well, the ball hasn't hit the ground. Like, we are on it. We are this game plan. We are so locked in. And then they go out there and they, and sort of like Sunday, they had nine penalties. Like, how do you, how do you have coaches come and tell you how locked in they are? And then you go out there and have nine penalties, a bunch of them pre snap. So I, I'm a big believer that, yeah, it's important to practice well. But I don't think it's necessarily a, a barometer about how you're going to play. I think, I I think you should you should exercise discipline and restraint and not jump off sides and all those things in practice too. Um, but if you don't do it in the game, it really doesn't matter. And and this has been their problem has been the game, which is the only thing that counts. So 
but we'll get a better idea today and then going forward uh bucks will travel wednesday up to buffalo and uh then play the bills who are who have been struggling scoring points man you just and then you know in the 49ers are have been in a couple close games as we're doing this podcast they're locked in a pretty tough game against minnesota so if San Francisco, and you'll know the result by the time you hear this podcast probably, but if San Francisco loses to Minnesota and the Bucks beat Minnesota, that means the Bucks are better than the 49ers. Is that how it goes? Of course, yeah. I mean, Bucks going to the Super Bowl. That's what I figured. Okay, just want to make make clear. Because a lot of people are sort of like anxious about some of the road trips, and one of them is to San Francisco. And, of course, we remember what happened when Brady went home last year. Ooh. It was an abject failure. Um, but a lot of people are like, ooh, that's going to be. But you know what? Now all of a sudden it's like, well. I don't know. You're going to be afraid of the 49ers. I don't know. They haven't played that well the last two weeks. That's all I'm going to say about that. But it's a, it's a, it's a funny league, man. Like, it is the any, any given Sunday league or Monday or Thursday or whenever the hell they play. That's, that's just kind of the way it goes. All right, so speaking of the Bucks, <laughs> you freaking people, as my friend Steve Dooming used to say, sent in some, uh, shall we say, some snarky emails. Not necessarily mean tweets. Per se, but some emails. Some yeah, nobody nobody seems mad at us. No, 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 no. But boy, when the Bucks lose, this is what I've discovered. I don't think they're more popular, but I do think that people are more vocal. At least that minority of, of people that really want to vent. You know, like they really want to get something off their chest. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the emails and the texts start rolling in, and they're kind of humorous at times, but. Um, but there's a lot of dissatisfaction out there, and you won't believe this. Some of it is aimed at the head coach. <gasps> what? <laughs> and, and wait, wait for it. If not the head coach, the quarterback. <gasps> yeah, breaking news. Next coach thing you're going to tell me, some of it's directed at Dave Canales. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, he's on the list. He's definitely in the top three. It's if we were playing. What is that game? Uh, will you do a final answer? Everybody says. What is that game? Will you get a Family Feud? Family Feud. Yeah, that would Dave Canales yeah. would not be the number one answer on the board. How many? How many answers there. would be on the board if we surveyed a hundred bucks? Fans? Oh, Oh, one hundred fifty. That'd be uh, well top six. We could. We'd probably but, be top six. I mean, how many? You know, yet you, you pick. You would survey a hundred bucks fans. How many would actually warrant being on the board? I mean, you know, we know Bowles, Canales, Baker. Oh, for the problems. Yeah, Rashad White. White, uh, the offensive line. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's at least five answers on the board. So. Yeah. There's there. We we could get to five or six pretty easy. I think. You know, hell, some people would blame Mike Evans just because he's Mike Evans. I don't know. Um, I've heard that. I've heard that show before. So, uh, but yeah. So we'll get to your we'll get to your mailbag questions, which are sort of kind of a combination of mailbag, mean tweets, or whatever uh, coming up here next. But first. Want to remind you guys that it is still hurricane season in Florida. It feels like it always is, actually. But there's still time to keep the power on without breaking the bank, and that's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. That's right. With solar battery backup power, there is no fuel cost. There's no loud generator noise. No annual maintenance cost, plus May Electric Solar offers a 15-year warranty. Now, solar battery backup can save you hundreds of dollars each month. And if you lose power, guess what? That generator is going to cost over $2,000 per week just to keep your house running. New solar battery systems qualify for a 30% tax credit, or you can add a battery to your existing in-phase solar system. Trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric Solar's battery backup, 
Or to get started, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, so we got some uh, scintillating and uh, very scholastic, and if I can continue the alliteration, but I can't, emails and, and mailbag questions today. So go ahead and hit me with those. Let's start with John, who says, So the Bucks decided to bring back the defense that served them so well at the end of the January 2022 playoff game with the Rams. Cooper Cup, Kyle Pitts, same difference. How? Why? There seems to be no communication in the defensive backfield at critical times. Sorry, just wanted to vent. Well, your venting is is uh, well-received here. Um, we are the place to vent. And I don't disagree with that. Not necessarily like... You can go back to the the wild card playoff game several years ago when the Bucks, you know, and, and Tom Brady had brought them back and, and, and looked like they were going to overtime, and then they lost the number, at that year. He was the MVP of the league, the top receiver in the game. I think he had over two thousand yards. They lost Cooper Cup. Like that seems impossible, and it is. And all I remember is is Bowles, who at that time was the defensive coordinator, coming in after the season. Actually, maybe after they named him head coach and saying, yeah, well, you know, we blew it. That's plain and simple. I'm not going to make any excuses. We just blew the coverage. I have heard that same thing now almost, well, certainly in every loss and then even even a bunch of games. I really do think that there are far, far, far too many mistakes in that secondary. Um, and that also involves the linebackers too, basically anybody in coverage especially for a defense that has been together as long as these guys have. I mean, you know, um, if you want to say that, you know, Ryan Neal is, is he's the newcomer and he's not playing well, we've asked, are they going to put in D Delaney? Like, D Delaney's made plays and Ryan Neal keeps ending up, you know, on top of some guy with the ball in the end zone. Um, and Bowles continues to say, no, no, we're not making changes. We're not making changes. But I, I do not understand how how there are these these coverage busts. And if you look on that final drive, I mean, 45 seconds with all the timeouts is, is still plenty of time to get in field goal range, you know? But you, somewhere along the line, you probably need a little bit of a chunk play, right? Because you're going to play cover two. You're going to make them, you're going to keep everything in front of you. You, don't, you just don't want to give up a chunk, right? You want them to earn it. You want them to use their timeouts, put a little pressure on them, both with the clock and, you know, everything else. And so they, they, they throw to pits going one direction and I think uh, they ruled it incomplete or whatever uh, and came back with the same play to the other side. And there are three, three Buccaneers, really four sort of standing around him when he catches the football. Now there should have been somebody closer to him when the ball was thrown, but be that as it may, when he catches it, there's about four guys. And Drake London's on that side. John Romano did a good job of breaking this down in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. But, like, the biggest mistake I see is, like, Ryan Neal somehow, inexplicably, I think he could have gotten him on the ground when he caught the ball, but he jumps inside of him for some reason. Like, it, it just, I don't know what he saw. I don't know what, why he didn't go for the player, but he, he didn't go for the player or the ball. And he kind of goes inside of him, and then, Levante is a little bit in no man's land. Jamel Dean thought he was covering Drake London and then stood there, and he just stands there. Like, don't know what he's doing. He's not covering anybody. He's not running to the ball. He's just standing there watching like he bought a ticket or something. And in the meantime, in that situation, Kyle Pitts 
takes it and goes 39 yards. And, you know, and really, like, Neil, even though he jumped inside and went in a position to tackle him when he, when he went down, he just kind of took a really bad angle and sort of chased him down the sideline a little bit until Antoine Winfield got him out of bounds or got him on the ground. It was such a bad play to, to watch in that situation. Like, you're just like, how in the hell? were four guys standing around this cat and nobody could tackle him. And really nobody took a shot at him. So I don't get it. It, uh, To me, it's far too many weeks where Todd Bowles goes in there and says, oh, we had a bust. We just had a miscommunication. We had a bust. Man, I'm telling you, and you coach that side of the ball, that, that can't happen. Not when three of the four guys have been together as long as they've been together. I mean, come on. You know, Carlton Davis... He's been here forever, you know. Antoine Winfield Jr., Jamel Dean, and, you know, even Zion McCallum, this is his second year, and he was in the game too, and he was, I think, playing way way too close to the line of scrimmage at the time. But you just, you can't, you just, as good as they played, and they don't give up a lot of points, and they hang in there, and they get the turnovers, but you, and you just need one stop. Like, you just, this is this is the clutch time. This is the moment that you got to step up. And, and so many times this year, I felt like no matter what the defense was doing, and they, again, they haven't given up a ton of points, but just like they shrink in the big moments. They just don't step up. So I'm with you. I don't understand why, and if you're the head coach and you coach defense, I don't get why these guys are not on the same page after this many years. But this is where we are with this team. It's kind of whatever it takes. DB had, uh, I believe he emailed you. Says, in the NFL, we can't drink the Kool-Aid until the sugar's in it. Opponents didn't take long to figure out Baker Mayfield. Close off the passing lanes in the middle and blitz a tight end. He's a gamer and has a lot of heart, but he can't be a drop-back passer with his height. Well, I mean, I get the height thing. It, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's not a thing, because it is. But by the same token... It didn't stop him from – this is the thing I always say about, like, these guys that go to Oklahoma and play in big college conferences, their offensive linemen and defensive linemen are all 6'4 and 6'5 and 6'6 too. Like, they they played behind sizable dudes and against sizable dudes for a very long time. And so, you know, to to, to kind of say that he's not a good quarterback because of his height – well, he's been that height his whole career, and it was good enough to win a Heisman Trophy and, you know, freshman of the year, like all these things, right? So he can spin it, man. He can throw the football. He can find lanes. Now they have an offense that sort of gets him into space with the bootlegs and the waggles and things like that, and that's that's a good idea. Um, but I saw Tom Brady get balls batted down, and he's 6'4", six, six, almost 6'5". Like every quarterback does that. I've said this before, and there's there's no way around it, but like offensive linemen, like when when a guy bats a ball down, it means he's been beat, right? Like the defensive lineman didn't get enough penetration, so he just threw his hands up at the last moment to try to do exactly that. But that defense that offensive lineman has to get that defensive lineman's hands down, right? He's got to keep those hands down. He's got to make sure that he's checked. And so you, you could at least use a little bit of help there. Um I don't know what Baker Mayfield is just yet. He's at a real crossroads in his career. We knew that when he got here. But he's about, I don't know, five, six losses away from being a perpetual backup like 
Jameis Winston, right? Um, guy with pedigree, Marcus Mariota. Guys that had pedigree that that had chances and chances to be a starter, couldn't make it, but now they're resigned to, hey, you're you're our first guy off the bench if we need you, big guy. And and that's that he's he's clinging to one of thirty two, but barely, right? He needs this year to to go well, and not just statistically, but get his team some wins. And it's not all on the quarterback. It's still the most dependent position on the football team, but he needs to have a year, right? Like he needs that desperately to get paid, uh, to have a future, be a free agent after this season, like all those things. And I just don't think he's been consistent enough. He had a good first start of the season. They, had, they you know, they were three and one and they, they took their flowers and did, did the tour and all that. Um, Baker was playing well, but now Baker's not playing at that level anymore and it's fallen off. And it's a lot of it's his teammates, you know, fault. Um, but he's got to pick it up. And so I, I don't, I don't know what Baker is because I, I think he's a serviceable starter, but this is, let's be honest about this football team. Okay. I don't think Steve, this team's as good as the Cleveland Browns team. He played, he played with at the end of his career in Cleveland. I mean, they could run the ball. They they have a great defense. They still do, right? Mm-hmm. They beat the Niners with P.J. Walker at quarterback. So the Browns got better as as he stuck around. And, and it just, you know, for all the reasons we just talked about, what speed do they have on offense? Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Mike Evans can still take the top off a of defense if you single him up, and nobody does. But he did win the one time he did, and, and they got the bomb. Chris Godwin, you know, is a combat-type catcher in the middle of the field. The running backs aren't good, okay? They're just not – they're not good. Uh, look like maybe they, they fell into something with, you know, checking the ball down to Rashad White. We'll see if they continue to do that. And the tight ends, maybe one of the worst collections I've seen. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to, sh- you know, throw shade at Kate Otten because he's a young player. I think mm-hmm. he could get better. I remember when – Cam Brake came in here, and I watched him against the, uh, the the sled. They'd make those tight ends hit the sled, you know. <laughs> the sled won, man. <laughs> he was one of the worst blockers I've ever seen. He needed to work on his upper body, but he got to be a pretty serviceable blocker because he he understood leverage. He understood you know where the pursuit was coming and how to get in front of it. And it just seems to me like these tight ends have not done anything, you know. Um, so you need guys around you to play well. And so I think sometimes we get carried away with the fact that they were three and one and you're like, wow, they're, and they, I think they still can win the division and probably are the favorites, even though they're, they're trailing Atlanta right now. But I, I think we're going to find out about Baker. It's such a big year for him that very soon he's going to have to sell out, whether it's running the football like that, that, that run he had the other day. He probably could have had a couple more, you know. And I'm not a big proponent of quarterbacks running because I think if you get knocked out, you've hurt your team, you know. You'd rather, as Tom Brady would say, I'd rather lose a game or two and still be out there and give us a chance. Then I know if I'm out, then we're in trouble. So I kind of feel that way about Mayfield. Um, but he's, you know, this is what this year is for. It's 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 a chance for him to to prove that you know he's a starting quarterback and a viable one and and. You know, four four organizations in fifteen months, it's rough. But that run wasn't one where he's running to contact and fighting for no, yards. It true. was 
you know, he was in a position where he could slide at any point. That's correct. He got out of bounds, and yeah, yeah I mean, he wasn't going to go take hits. He wasn't going to try to break nope. tackles or anything like that. I mean, those kind of runs are okay. Yes, you know, you're scrambling. You got wide open space, and then you go slide before anyone. Absolutely, hits you. yeah. Just take care of yourself, but mm-hmm. you can still do more with your mm-hmm. legs. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, especially if you catch them in man coverage and their backs to you like they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a good decision by him, but. Yeah, I'm not ready to throw away Baker Mayfield. Look, I we'll get probably questions about Trask. I they're just not there yet in the season. Now, and we'll we'll discuss it here in a minute. I'm sure. Well, I mean, look, the time to make changes are after bye weeks. Yeah, well, that's gone. Your that's bye week's gone. gone, but after this Thursday, you got a semi bye. If they you wanted do. to make a change, this would be the time to do it. I don't think they're there. Well, you know what's funny about, like, you say bye weeks are a time or, or the mini buys. Here's the thing about that. The players aren't there. The players like, are, but the coaches are, too. Well, the coaches are, but you really need, like, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Trask wouldn't if you told him, hey, Kyle, <laughs> we're mm-hmm. making a change, buddy. If you could not go out of town this week yeah. for the mini buy, that'd be awesome. But, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's not like they're not out there practicing. Oh, that extra week really helped them to get ready. They're, they're not doing anything. They're not even in the building. But so. I, th- I think more of those changes are less about the players and more about the coaches more and about everything the coaches, else around yeah. it. You know, yeah, whether it's replacing true, a they coach. they got a game plan around a new guy. Yeah. and they got Whether it's replacing a coach or a you know changing out a starting quarterback particularly, but even others. I think yeah. it's more about the coaches and, and everything else that goes around it. Yeah. It's it, really about the politics, <laughs> well, <laughs> because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you've said that Baker Mayfield gives you the best chance to win, and you've had this quarterback competition and all that, and he really hasn't played bad per se, like he's—I mm-hmm. thought he had a bad game a week ago. Um, didn't have a great game Sunday, but, um, but that's about what he is. And I, but I think you have to be honest with who he's playing with. Mm-hmm. Like I think you have to be honest and say, look, we're not a great team, right? We don't have a good offensive line. We have no running backs that are very special. We have very young tight ends that aren't playing well. And we've got, you know, older wide receivers who are playing well. But that's it. And it's, you know, got to be real realistic with your evaluation of the people around them because mm-hmm. it's still the most dependent position on the field. So I know there's a lot of people who want Kyle Trask. I can't understand. Oh, he went to Florida? Ah, okay. Makes sense now. All right, Mark had uh, emailed or tweeted. He said, one quick question on Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. How is it that he has improved so much in avoiding sacks? He's number two in the NFL in sack rate right now. Was terrible in the past. I realize Tristan Wirfs is outstanding, but it's not like it's a top 10 offensive line. Is this something the offensive coordinator has done? Yes, and yes, and you're wrong. Um, the offensive coordinator has done some things in that, you know, they run a lot of the play action, a lot of the RPOs, the, the bootlegs, the waggles, the rollouts that gets you away from that pass rush, right? It puts you out outside of it. You, you know, you're trying to have run fakes and, you know, the zone blocking going one way and you spin out and come the other way. So you have a little more time and vision for those of you who are worried about him getting the balls knocked down. Uh, that absolutely has helped him, you know. Um, but I also think he's kind of slippery. Like, he had this play the other day. You remember where the guy had him dead to rights and he kind of ducked under him and the guy went sliding off of him? Mm-hmm. Um, he has a nice sense, kind of a sixth sense, if you will, about, 
you know, when to be sudden with his movements in the pocket. Like he won't move, won't move the guys on him, and then boom, he jumps out of the way just in time, and the guy is swiping at air. So he's very crafty that way. He he has, but the offensive line is good. Like the thing they do, and I'm going to tell you that the 49ers seasons might be over because Fred Warner is on the ground, and that's their best player. I mean, like on the team. Um, the thing they do very well is pass protect. Like that off because the two tackles were, you know, when you pressure, you worry about the pressure coming off the edge. You, you you can double team inside sometimes and you have a running back or whatever. But if those guys, those tackles don't hold up, that's where you're going to get it. And those two tackles are really good at run at, at pass blocking. Like that's what they do the best to the extent that I think they probably should throw the ball more, not less since they can't run it from me to you. So I'd like to see him do that. But, um, but but Baker does a decent job, you know, with with his feet, and he may have to do more as we go along. The key is get down, get out of bounds, slide, like do those things to make sure you're available to your team, and and don't lower your shoulder and try to take people on. But now apparently he has a bit of a knee injury, so you know something else is taking its toll. I don't, I I the one thing I would have whether Baker was playing well or not is I'm not convinced he can make it through 17 games. I just think he throws his body around a lot, and uh, I I don't know. It just it's a feeling I get that like it's going to be really tough for him, you know, to start seventeen games. But you know, he's already nicked up pretty good the last two three weeks. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. All right, Greg tweeted. He says, you've often said greatness usually shows itself early. Does this apply to offensive coordinators, too? Preaching patience for a head coach who may be coaching for his job would seem to be a recipe for disaster. Your thoughts? Well, look, uh, Todd Bowles didn't get to hire a staff when he took the job last year because it was March 30th when they gave it to him and the die was cast and they were bringing back Brady and everything that came with him, which included Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich uh, was Tom Brady's coordinator. They won a Super Bowl together, and Tom Brady wanted Byron Leftwich to be his coordinator. And so, by gosh... He was going to be, and he was. Um, I think that you can call all the best plays in the world. Like, you can be a genius. You can be freaking Bill Walsh, right? But that chalkboard, that grease board's not coming to life unless you've got, you know, it's not, as they say, the X's and the O's, but it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. You better have some players, man. Players make good coaches, pure and simple. And so it's really hard for me to try to determine how much is on Canales and how much is on the fact that they just don't have a lot of good players on offense. Like, the offensive line is okay. Like I said, they they pass block pretty well, but they got five guys in sort of new positions, and, and the rookie's struggling, Cody Malk, and, you know, Hainsey's not impressed, really. Filer's reason he was on the on the market for $2 million, like, they're just guys, right? Like, they're not dominant. They're not, you can't say they're playing very well, um, per se. 
So I don't know how much to blame Canales. I will say this. He was in Seattle a long time. He was with Pete Carroll for 16 years, I think. And at no point did Pete Carroll go, you know, I think you're ready to be a coordinator. I think I'd like you to be my coordinator. In fact, Carroll's hired like two coordinators in the last three or four years. So he passed over his own guy, who was a passing game coordinator, who was a quarterback's coach, all that. And it just kind of makes you go, hmm, you know? So I, I don't know. Like, you'd like to see Canales get more than one year, but like, man, when you haven't called plays since Carson High School in 05, like, what, what are, maybe are we expecting a little too much too soon? That could be it. I mean, he could wind up being the wonder kid. I don't, I don't know. But we're not seeing it yet. And does that mean he's not great? No. I just think he's not experienced. Now, if he was, I don't know that my, my greatness shows up early applies necessarily to play callers, but it could. Because it could be anything, I suppose. But I, no, have I seen greatness from it? No. I've seen a zone blocking scheme this this offensive line can't run. I've seen running backs who who don't have good vision, who don't make you know quick decisions, put their foot in the ground, and and and, and mostly they don't accelerate through any hole whether they see it or not. A um, lot of things wrong with this running game. I think Dave Canales is on the list, but I don't think he's I don't think he's at the top of it. I really don't. All right, Clint emailed. Says, if Dave Canales has any relatives or friends with close ties to the Almighty, you better send him a text or email. You mentioned in your piece this morning that folks in his family were preachers. Us fans are praying for a running back to deliver us from a five- or six-win season. And Baker on IR. Four NFL quarterbacks went down last Sunday. One is out for the year. The others are day-to-day. We don't need a Barry Sanders, but we sure need a better running back group than we currently have. If we don't act before the trade deadline, we're headed for a top-ten draft spot, maybe top-five. Thanks for the writing. Enjoyed the journalism. Well, you're welcome for the journalism. Um, it's a lot to unpack there. Oh, we, we, went we, all got, in we got longer the... ones coming up. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'll try to be brief. <laughs> he kind of went. He kind of took off on the metaphor there about the the, the look. Dave Canales has an unbelievable story, and I wrote a profile about him when they hired him way back, and I kind of made reference to it on Sunday in the in the the column that I or the piece that I did. Um, his grandfather started a church. Uh, these are you know Mexican Americans uh, that were you know migrant workers basically in in Los Angeles or in Southern California. Um, and his dad, who contracted polio when he was younger, um, went to went to Harvard. <laughs> I mean, uh. And and they they his grandfather began a church out there. His brother now is a pastor, I think. He considered, you know, uh serving as well in, in being in the ministry and all that, and he got another calling, which was football, and felt he could influence people through his platform and his players and all this. And so, yeah, it's interesting. But I, I think we're a little like I don't know. It feels a little like small scene sacrilegious to start invoking like <laughs> could you pray? that this or that happens like no no i don't that's not let's not take this metaphor and and kind of mess it up a little bit but um uh baker and i are you should first of all you should never sort of root for injuries and things like that like it's just wrong like it's car i believe in karma and it's going to come back on you if you say stuff like that 
again, I go back to, I, I think it's really a gamble. I mean, I don't think that's too strong a word. I think it's really a gamble when you hire a guy, like you're Todd Bowles and you need to win. And let's be realistic, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Um, but a division championship is possible. But you need to win and you hire a first-time play caller. Like a, not even a guy that did it at college level. Like dude has not called plays. Now, is it the hardest thing to do in the world? No. But there's still a nuance to it. And And moreover, the guys on the other side of the field that have been doing calling defenses for a very long time, they're really good. Like stupid good, you know? And it's one thing to be up there and you're with, you know, your buddy Idzik and you're in Seattle and you're kind of suggesting things to the play caller and, you know, you hit one every now and then and you feel really good about yourself. But like everything is on you. I can't imagine how Canales is sleeping right now because this team's being held back by its offense. And it's not that the defense is faultless because they're not. We've, we've already documented that. But, you know, you take away Baker's run and they had 2.7 yards per carry the other night, right? You scored three and 13 points. It's the fewest points through this part of the season that the Bucks have scored. Are you ready for this? In 10 years. 10. 2013, man. That's what, Josh Freeman days? Or is that, that's, is that even after yeah. Josh? That's, that's uh, let's see, Raheem was in 09, 2010, 2011. That's, that's that Shiano. Shiano. That's, yeah. Is that that's McCown? Greg or? That's Josh McDonald. Yeah, that's Josh, Josh Freeman. Greg Shiano. Yeah. Right? Because he came before Lovey. Yeah. After Shiano was Lovey. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a long time, man. Like, those are the dull doldrums, like, in the dog days and all that, like you just don't want to invoke that. But yeah, in thir- 2013, the quarterbacks were Glennon Freeman and or- or Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky, the biggest star of all of them, right? right? At this point, right? NFL Live or whatever that show he's on ESPN. Dan's a good dude. Dan's got triplets, by the way. I have ma- I have mad respect for somebody who has has triplets. My God, mad respect for his wife. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> Not so much, Dan. Uh, but a good question, full of vitriol. Well, you want some vitriol? Here we go. All right. David email. I'm sure I watch like all fans, screaming at the TV, but to no avail. I read all the print about the game, from a couple lines of sarcasm in Flag Day to John's extensive and true sarcasm in his column, Rick's review of the game, and all the other blah, blah, blah about it. Professional athletes and writers seem to know just the right words to make points but maybe not hurt anyone's feelings. I get it. It's a job. But along with the penalties and just bad football, no one has blamed the coaching to any great extent, except our usual issues with the offense. We have the ball on the eight-yard line, first down, 45 seconds, no timeouts, tie score. How about a couple creative run plays to maybe get in the end zone and use up the clock? Then, if you don't score a TD, spike it on third down, get the tying field goal, and start praying again. But the one thing Bowles, or whoever's in charge of clock management, should know is you never give another team the ball with 45 seconds and three timeouts to go down the field and potentially win with a field goal. I mean, really? As civ-like as your defense is? Same thing happened last week at the end of the first half when they could have used a couple timeouts and received a punt before the half ended. Maybe it gets blocked, a bad snap, or who knows, maybe a run back for a TD. Okay, well, forget about that one, but you never, just never know, do you? Why waste the timeouts when you can put them into good use? Thanks for your time. I'll get off my soapbox now. 
Just wanted to see if anyone in the anyone knows thinks that if I make any sense with that evaluation, my wife couldn't care less. <laughs> That's the best part of the of the text. My wife couldn't care, care less, and I understand that after after that long dissertation there. Uh wow. Well, I'm not going to unpack all of it. Um, there have been people that have called out Bowles's clock management or lack thereof, and let's be honest, they they've had problems, right? We all remember the Cleveland game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the one the correction ago. on this is when they had the ball, it was what a little over a minute down at the eight. It was over a minute, and and it wasn't uh, a tie game. They were trailing. They were they were yeah they were trailing in the game. So you're yeah. trying to so win you, the game. You're not trying you, to you're not trying to milk the clock and kick a field it's goal. It's not like you're overtime. just trying to kick a game winning field goal or a field goal to go in overtime. Right. Like you you're trying to get a touchdown there to win. And the mm-hmm. other thing was that Atlanta had all three timeouts. So even if you all you could have done there was force them to use those. Um, but if they had used them, the clock would have stopped, and they had they would have had probably more mm-hmm. than forty five seconds when you kick when you kick the field goal. So you know, as long as they can stop the clock, then it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, You don't want Unless, to give the team 45 seconds in the ball, but more importantly is for you to score a touchdown. Now, they right, didn't do that. Do, and if that means slowing it down, if that means, you know, making sure you're in the right calls and you call the right mm-hmm. plays in the red zone, like you don't want to. Or if it means scoring quick because you got the score, great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the it, points I mean, are more important when you're trailing. If you score a touchdown there, they need a touchdown to beat you, and that's a totally different deal, right? I mean, instead of just Absolutely. getting within, you know, 51-yard field goal range. That guy's really good, too, by the way. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know. And people do talk about clock management, but I don't know. By the way, the bloom is off the rose, the Brock, Brock Purdy rose. They're going to lose to the San Francisco, uh, to the Minnesota Vikings. As Brock what, two Purdy, in a row for him? Yeah, two in a row. Of course, they they lost uh, last week in Cleveland on a missed field goal, but they lost to PJ Williams. And in well, this in this game, they only scored seventeen. They should Benson put put in Trey Lance. <laughs> and so they were they were driving uh, for a potential you know game winning touchdown with about twenty five seconds left, and Brock Purdy throws a pick, and that's not his first one of the game. So. Threw it off his yeah. back foot, falling backwards. Yeah, instead just of... kind of let it float out there. It was just not really a very inspiring throw at all. Just kind of like whipped it, and he had no chance. Um, now, granted, by the way, Fred Warner it. seems to be okay. He's playing still. So. Yeah, I saw that he came back. Yeah, just a little update for those of you who did not check it out. But um, so yeah, the Bucks are better than the 49ers because they beat the Vikings, and the Vikings beat the Niners. So therefore, the Bucks are better. And don't look now, but your Minnesota Vikings are now three and four. And if you can get to 500, who knows? I mean, I still think the Lions are going to win that division. But uh, they got they got blasted. They didn't see that coming. Baltimore just just destroyed them. Yeah, that was they a, got that was wow. They got a lot of injuries too. So, so is that our last uh, long? Uh, That's the last long one. I think we have one more question here from Reed. All right, let's hit it and then we'll get out. Yep. It says I find it interesting in an era where the running back position is devalued because there is one on every corner. The Bucks can't find one that can crack the top thirty-two, <laughs> like chicken or the egg. Offense, personnel, or both. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's really good. Um, yeah, it's it's so easy. There's so many out there, and yet not in Tampa, right? And not even the ones they had in Tampa. Not even the Super Bowl running backs: Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. Um, let's see, who wants those guys? No one, nobody. Which is shocking to me. 
not that shocking, but a little shocking. Um, I their role has been devalued because it's a passing league, but something's going on this year, man. Like it's you know points are way down, and I I saw this long piece somewhere online about it, and there's a lot of theories and things. And I asked Bowles about it. And he just kind of chuckled because he's a defensive, you know, defensive coach, and he don't believe anything. But um, it's important to have a good running back. Like I don't know how much I pay him because I think they are a renewable resource. And I think what the Bucks should be doing is trying to renew them right now. They should be rifling through whoever's on the street, or mm-hmm. more specifically, guys like Chase, or I'm sorry, guys that are on other practice squads, right? Um, like Rashad Penny. But the question, the question is, and I, and I don't think they have a true RB one on this team. No. But if you I go don't. out and get any of those guys in somebody else's practice squad, or go bring back a Fournette yeah, yeah, yeah. or whoever, with this offensive line and the way they run block. Do you think would they be would be any any more successful? I do. I, I don't know it would be crazy successful. I do think it would be better. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm ready to say that these uh, – first of all, I, I'm, I'm convinced that Keyshawn Vaughn isn't a very good running back. I think if Keyshawn Vaughn were out there today, no one would claim him. If you put him on waivers today, no one's claiming him. He might get a practice squad look, but that's even a stretch. I mean, he couldn't beat out Ronald Jones, who's out of football. You think the tape is better on Keyshawn Vaughn? No, it's not. Much worse. I mean, Ronald Jones almost ran for a thousand, right? So, and I, I'm still like everybody's like, oh no, we like Rashad. Well, it's been almost a year now. We're almost to the anniversary of what Germany a little while ago, when he when he made the Seahawk fly in his only 100 yard game, and he's been a starter since then. And if you go a year with with one 100 yard game, you're not very special. You're just a guy, you know. And so I'm perfectly fine with what they choose to do if Chase Evans comes back healthy or if they trade for a guy. I'm only, I would be willing to try something. I, would he be, is a guy going to come in here and average five, five a carry? No, not behind this offensive line. Offensive line, but, but if you turn on the film, there are holes there. Like the thing about zone blocking is the running back has to sort of put his foot in the ground and then go, you know? Um, sometimes that's getting outside the tackle. Sometimes that's, you know, cutting it back in the B gap or the A gap, but you've got to sort of, you got to be committed to it. You got to hit it hard, right? Cause those gaps close fast. And Jones has just sort of glided along and danced along and not really, you know, giving it that oomph for, even if you're stopped, you get two, three, four yards. And, and that's sort of what he needs to do. Um, but they don't like the other guys. And I think the one thing they found out is they can throw the ball to him a little bit. Maybe we'll see more of that. But, yeah, no, I'm, I, I think they'd be well served to address the position. I don't, I don't, think, it's a good, I don't think it's a good group. I don't see what, would, what evidence do you have that they can play at a high level. I don't have any. Great guys, you know. Rashad's a very affable guy. Keyshawn Vaughn, like you, you like the guys, but just man, they get on the field, and they just don't have enough production for me, anyway. So it might be devalued. Uh, the value of those guys isn't very high in Tampa. If you're a running back, you probably don't want to come here because you will be devalued. But um, I, I would, if they're still in this thing by the end of October, and they probably will be, 
I would definitely be calling, you know, my friend Howie Roseman and saying, give me Rashad Penny. He knows the system. He's not being used like their fourth running back. And he's got a little burst. And maybe maybe you'd, you'd grab him. I don't know. All right, the Bucks will be back at it. Uh, short week preparation for their game Thursday night at Buffalo. They'll travel Wednesday after practice. We'll have a chance to talk to Dave Canales, Baker Mayfield, and I believe maybe Larry Foote as well, as well as Todd Bowles. So a lot of interviews coming up, a lot of stories in Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com about that. The Tampa Bay Lightning back in action. Maybe they're going to avoid overtime and a loss. They're going to host Carolina. Well, they worked on a three-on-three scrimmage in practice on Monday. So. Well, that was a great decision. Mm-hmm. That's not a good one. That was a great one by John Cooper. And they, they definitely have the speed and the guys to do it. They should never be bad in overtime. because Well, just... the two games this – I mean, you can – Say whatever, but they lose the face off and, and get very little possession. They never had it, right? They never so, had the puck. You know, it's hard to hard to win when you have don't have the puck to shoot. Right. You gotta go get it back. I mean you yes. just you know And then when you get it back, way. you gotta keep it, not turn it right you back. You gotta over. keep that's correct. You gotta keep it. Um so they got Carolina and then uh game seven. There's another game seven this time in the NLCS. Arizona Diamondbacks, man, they pushed them to the limit. They have. Yeah. They forced a game seven. The Astros now trying to come back. Are they still? No, it's eleven to four in the ninth. Oh, okay. Altuve, Altuve just hit a home run to make it eleven four. Was 11-4. he's had an unbelievable series, hadn't he? Yeah, he's bad. Somebody banging the garbage can for that guy. It must be. What's going on? But What's the road the road team in the ALCS is going to win all seven games. That's insane, isn't it? So much for home field, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a time when the Texas Rangers, I swear, were on the road for a month. Like they came off this road trip in Seattle and they were going to make the the playoffs and they weren't going to be a wild card. Then they got beat up in Seattle and they were like, oh, we got to get on a plane, fly all the way to Tampa. We're on the road, you know, three game series. And then they would take two. And then they got to go on the road to Baltimore. <laughs> and so they're there for a few days. Like by the time they went home, man, they've been gone forever. And then they started the ALCS on the road, you know, in Houston. So. But it could be what the networks really wanted with Texas, Arizona, World Series. Oh, boy. Yeah, the Cactus League, right? Actually, Texas is over here in Florida. Grapefruit versus Texas. Who you got? Now the Rangers actually – the Rangers now train in uh, Arizona. Oh, do they now? Okay, because at one point they were uh, on the east coast of Florida. They were in Port Charlotte. used to be in Port Charlotte. Oh, Port Charlotte, okay. Yeah, many years ago. They're in Arizona now. Houston's Houston's in Florida, but – I mean, Dallas is a big market. Uh, don't know about Phoenix, but well, but yeah, they would they would prefer Philly over Phoenix. Yeah, not gonna not gonna excite the Northeast. Philly and Philly would be fun. You know, Philly would be a lot of fun. But Evan Longoria, chance to go yeah, back to World he does Series. have a shot. That'd be cool. He's got to figure this could be my last best shot. It would be fun to watch him there. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him win a ring too. I would not have a problem with that at all. So, yeah, lots going on tomorrow. You can always send your mailbag questions in. Send them to us uh, at SportsDayTV. Reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Burstick, I am Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.